All right, welcome everyone to episode number two of Count's Coffin Talk. I'm your host, Count Draven. As you tune in each week, you are hearing some fantastic interviews, you hear some music, and some great discussion that you may not hear anywhere else. I thank you all for spending time with me and my guests. And uh, without further, further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. So first up, I'd like to introduce a couple of guests that I have here today with me. Uh, the first guest I have is actually, he's uh, my son. Um, he is a 20-year-old young metalhead, uh, kind of a, a, the, the apple of his father's eye, so to speak, when it comes to that. So he goes by the handle of Worm Finder on Instagram. So Worm, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing all right. How about you? Doing well, doing well. And the other guest that I'd like to introduce is uh, someone that I follow on Twitter. Um, she posts a lot about uh, metal music, especially black metal music, and uh, maybe a little bit more on black death death metal. Um, she goes by the handle of Space Wanderous on uh, on Twitter at Space Wanderous. Wanderous, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Oh no, no problem at all. It was my pleasure. Um, so I guess first of all, what I'll do is I'll ask uh, both of you just to give our listeners a little bit of an idea of who you are and maybe, you know, explain a little bit about yourself. So, uh, Worm, I'll start with you first. Uh, well, where to begin? Um, of course, I'm your son. So, you know, obviously my music tastes and most of my interests come from you. Um, don't really know what to say, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, Hmm, sorry. Oh, that's all right. Take your time. Well, uh... You know, and, uh, maybe just give us, give the listeners a little bit of a background on some of your interests and what, what you're kind of into and, you know, if you're going to school or anything like that. Yeah, well, um, currently university student taking the semester off um, just to kind of figure some things out. Uh, Direction-wise, I uh, kind of find myself not necessarily getting into what I want to, but that's that's life sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I am an avid Transformers collector and fan. I have a collection that's probably worth more than I should be spending on it, but it. I can vote me, for that. Yep. <laughs> keeps me sane. Keeps me happy. To be honest. Um, I dabble a little bit into 3D printing. I have a 3D printer, uh, make some keychains, transformer accessories, business card holders, all sorts of stuff like that. So cool. Right uh, on. Yeah. And I guess, uh, so maybe what we'll do is we'll just keep moving on with the introductions if you're okay with that. And we'll turn it over to Wandrus and uh, let Wandrus tell us a little bit about herself. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I'm a little bit private when it comes to social media, so I don't have too much to share. Um, but I am 27 years old. I am Canadian. 
Um, I'm an ex-Jehovah's Witness, which is something that I talk about from time to time on social media. Um, and I fucking love metal and music in general. Right on. Well, I, I'll tell you one thing. I love seeing some of the music you some of the music you post. Um, I, there's no secret that I I'm a fan of black metal and stuff too, and and I know Worm is a fan of that. So uh, maybe maybe one thing Worm will have to do is get himself on a Twitter, and then he can see some of the stuff that uh, all all the all the metalheads out there out in Twitterland are throwing up on there. Strongly right, recommend it. <laughs> Definitely got to get. Got to, got to get a Twitter. All right. So um, let me ask you both, and I'll start with, uh, I'll start this question off with you, Wondrous. What was the thing that attracted you to metal in general? And kind of, kind of give me what your, how your, uh, you know, how that path came to be for you. Okay. Yeah, so I would say that I had um, what I would call an unconventional introduction into metal. Mm -hmm. um, being raised as a Jehovah's Witness, you know, obviously very fundamentalist Christian, strict household. I moved to Mexico when I was 13, um, quite literally immersed in anything but metal. Um, but I always loved music. And even though I never really bought into the whole religion thing, um, I still always had that like guilt that comes with religious indoctrination and feeling guilty right. for certain types of media, um, certain types of entertainment, music, that type of a thing. Um, so I remember downloading LimeWire <laughs> and I'm either really dating myself or making myself sound quite young, depending on who you are. Um, but oh, I, I played thinking, around with LimeWire. I remember it well. <laughs> perfect. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. And I remember thinking that I should really expand my knowledge on different types of music because at the time I was really into like Green Day and indie rock. And those were like the two things that I just constantly obsessed over. Mm. Um, and so what I did was I would pull up Wikipedia and I would like go through the different genres and subgenres and I would download full albums of like the most celebrated artists in that genre just to kind of get a feel for what it was and then move on. Right. Um, and it didn't take me long until I got to metal. And at the time I was also learning to play guitar. Um, and I had discovered that Metallica tabs were really great for learning to, or Metallica songs were really great for learning to read tabs. Um, mm -hmm. And so in secret, you know, from my family, I downloaded a bunch of Metallica, a little bit of Slayer, um, and really, really fell in love from there. But that's kind of where it ended um, because I didn't allow myself to like look into the satanic shit or like cannibal corpse and stuff that I knew existed, but I still had that religious guilt. Right. Um, so kind of kept the metal to myself. <laughs> and then I got married at 18, as many Jehovah's Witness kids do. Um, and my husband, who, who was a phenomenal guitarist, um, was also like very into Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. So we kind of bonded over that. Um, and then four years later, I left the religion and took the opportunity as well to leave my Jehovah's Witness husband. Um, and I kind of started my own path of spirituality, um, really, you know, fresh off of leaving everything that I've ever known and really wanting to understand what my own values were. Um, and at the time, I had also kind of become involved with somebody that I worked with who was heavily involved in the local black metal scene. 
and we were exchanging links back and forth, um, just like music that we enjoyed. And the, <laughs> the first song that he sent me was uh, Satan Prometheus by Gord Roth, <laughs> which I love that song. Um, but, you know, obviously delving into the deep end with that. And I know this sounds ridiculous. Um, I, I totally get that it sounds cheesy. But like at the time, it really, really spoke to my very fresh intense hatred of organized religion and uh my disdain you know for at the thought of living for anybody but myself right. um, and just having a very obsessive personality i kind of delved into black metal from there and i never looked back all right cool well, that's interesting and there when uh we'll we'll be talking a little bit more later about um your experience uh being jehovah's witness and and i you and i had messaged a little bit uh earlier today about having a conversation uh because you knowing that uh from my last podcast that uh that i'm uh i i'm a baptized ukrainian orthodox mm-hmm. um you know individual who's left those who walked away or left the faith so um yeah that, that i i look forward to talking a little bit more about that um yeah all right worm why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh your trip into into metal what got what grabbed you about it and what what made you really gravitate towards metal well as you know um i grew up listening to metal um I remember being four years old and you would always play for me uh, Stillborn by Black Label Society. And here I am, four years old. Yeah, (laughs) belting it out. (laughs) And that that always stuck with me. And I kind of stopped listening in the metal the older I got. I kind of wanted to try and fit in more with the kids at school and whatever. And it just wasn't working out. And by maybe about ninth grade, I started getting into Megadeth a lot more. We had a project at school and I, for whatever reason, gravitated towards them. And after like refinding Symphony of Destruction and realizing how good of a song that was, um, Megadeth will forever be one of my favorite bands because of that and how it sort of became the band that defined my taste in metal. And I'd say around 10th grade, I decided I wanted to get into something more. I wanted to find more of what was out there. And uh, what I actually did was I just went to iTunes um, and started searching random words into the search into the search bar. And one of those words was Satan. And Satan, turns out, is a band um, from the UK that were part of the new wave of British heavy metal movement. And uh, I just happened across this band and I was like, holy shit, this is a cool ass band. I loved it. I, from there, decided, you know what, I'm going to find some more um, British heavy metal bands and see what they're like. I mean, I knew about Sabbath and Maiden and stuff, but I'm like, I was one of those cringy kids who was like, oh, mainstream, it's not good enough for me. I need to be cool and find something my own. So. I found a whole list of bands that I started to get into and I found out about like Grim Reaper and Blitzkrieg, Budgie, Witchfinder General. And from there, I was able to find a whole, just like a whole lot more than I ever would have expected. And 
since then, I just, that's all I do is I search for new bands and find what's out there and what really seems to intrigue me and pull me in. So, oh, yeah. You, you, and you raise an interesting point about a lot of the bands that you did find, like, you know, bands like Budgie and Witchfinder General, uh, Grim Reaper. Um, you know, a lot of these bands were really, really influential on what ended up becoming the thrash metal scene in, in the eighties. Uh, they mm -hmm. had a, a lot of these bands had a huge influence on a lot of those thrash metal acts. Well, yeah. Like for example, um, the singer, Brian Ross of Satan, uh, also had the band Blitzkrieg to which, um, worked together with Metallica. Uh, I believe both him and Hetfield worked on songs together. Um, and I know that Metallica has covered Budgie in the past as well as Blitzkrieg. So it's I finding out like how a lot of these bands were interconnected and stuff too just really spoke to me. And that community even between subgenres is just insane to know that, you know, there'll be someone from some random black metal band here that's friends with a thrash metal band here. And it's so cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a question for you both then and because you're be you you both are coming from uh i mean you're both in your book i mean i know worm you're 20 wanders you said you're 27 so you're still in that you know in that 20 something year decade but you you also both come from a little bit um where music was i, I wouldn't want to say music was it was different at all but you come from a little bit different time perspectives, maybe, let's say, when it comes to the music that was out there and what you were listening to and what you grew up with and all of that stuff. Um, so, Wanderous, for you, what do you think is the hook for younger people today that get into metal? I mean, I remember what it was like when I was a teenager. I mean, I was in the glam metal huge, but at that time when i was growing up in the late 70s and the 80s i mean everybody knows the 80s was the decade of excess so it was all about that's all kids wanted to do back then right it, it all we wanted to do was fucking party we didn't want to do anything else and that's why glam was so appealing to us but i mean that changes as as each decade comes and 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 music kind of changes a little bit as each decade rolls around so what do you think the hook is now that gets young people into into listening to, to metal i mean i've got to say social media as as much as the idea might seem foreign to you or i or you know purists might kind of have like an allergic reaction to hearing it um social media is is very influential when it comes to metal uh like that that lorna shore song to the hellfire i think it's called like that went viral on tiktok right. there are you know whole niche alt online communities out there on these apps um just like there were forum boards or you know mall meetups when i was younger <laughs> right and, you know i think that like reddit has a really large part in exchanging metal as well and and cross-pollinating subgenres. so um you know i would be remiss if i didn't say that i think social media is absolutely the most impactful yeah i agree with you there and you know you bring up about the mall meets and things like that when you were younger i mean when I was a kid, if you wanted to explore 
other types of metal that were out there or indie you know indie metal bands that were out there or you know bands that weren't signed to any labels or anything like that and and were up and comers you, you i mean all we had was tape trading back then right because there was no such thing as internet and social media or any of that shit so it was literally you you had a you know you had your hit parader magazine or or whichever one it was Kerrang or or you know whichever metal mag you had and you went through the ads in the mag and that's you know you seen the ta- you looked at the tape trader ads and that's how people got music out there especially the stuff that wasn't signed to any labels and the thing is it was there was killer music out there at that time like i mean that's what made the bands like metallica get more popular exodus you know that bay area thrash really without tape trading i don't know if bay area thrash would have become the force it did without tape trading to be honest with you absolutely uh worm what is your take on what what do you think is the hook for young people today getting into metal because it's a little bit of a di- I, I think it's a little bit different from your pers- from kind of your age group's perspective now well as i grew up um most of the exposure i got when it came to any sort of metal other than just hearing it from you of course it hap- it was like imagery it was fashion and things like that i know today that a lot of current very popular fashion brands will for whatever reason have a death metal inspired logo for one of their shirts it'll be like a brand from like h&m or gucci or something and it's just sort of something that's surprisingly worked its way into society and that on top of just the uh idea of you know being goth and stuff like that and just some of the things and accessories we'll wear like chains and bullet belts and whatever it's that really played a part into my discovery of metal especially and what drew me to it because i used to actually really dislike black metal i disliked death metal i thought the vocals were bad i thought the imagery was silly and honestly what brought me to liking those genres was seeing all these dudes dressed up in corpse paint and it got me to the point where i tried it myself and i really had a really fun time doing it and it was that imagery those things that i was seeing and that fashion and you know leather jackets and patch vests and everything like that it just it seemed to click for me a lot more than anything else i was currently wearing or looking at or anything so really what you what you're kind of describing then is it gives you that sense of belonging to a community right Mm -hmm, for sure like amongst my friends even (laughs) i'd say not really many of them listen to metal which is fine but it's you know having almost no exposure between them and not having that connection with them is super impactful because comparing that to having people that i don't know that live literally anywhere else but they have something in common with what i am getting interested in is so interesting to me and that just makes me feel a little more accepted even if i'm not necessarily accepted in my own space if that makes sense 
100%. I get exactly where you're coming from. And I think that goes back to Wanderous's point about the power of social media and, you know, all of this stuff being out there now on social media and what the internet, what the internet age has brought us. It's given people a chance to discover this kind of stuff. It's given them a chance to meet people who are like them, who are not where we don't follow the norm. We feel like the oddballs. We feel like we're always on the outside. But you know what? Those of us that feel that way, it's all good because we know that there's a lot of us out there and, and we can become a community and become kind of one force as a result of it. Okay, so at this point, what I'm going to ask Wondrous, uh, I'd like to ask you to give us a song to play. We'll stop here for our first break and uh, give everyone a chance to listen to some tunes. And uh, that way we can, uh, if you need to refill your drink or do whatever, we've got to, we'll have a few minutes to do that. So what, what kind of song would you like to listen to? Uh, yeah, so let's do Escape from the Underdark by World Eaters. All right, sounds good.
Okay, so we are back from our first break, and you were listening to Escape from the Underdark by World Eaters. Um, so we're going to get rolling into segment two here of the podcast, and uh, just want to expand more on uh, some of the stuff that you had brought up in in the first segment, Wanderous, about your uh, um, your background background or you know your life in the jehovah mm-hmm. wit you know being a jehovah witness and everything yeah. um so i guess my first question is what made you decide to leave a great question <laughs> um you know i think that i always in the back of my mind kind of had this like itching that i didn't believe in god i remember it around like 14 thinking that i'm probably an atheist, but I'm not going to tell my family because everybody around me is also a Jehovah's Witness. And, you know, making that decision to walk away from the religion would mean walking away from everything that I've known. And I just wasn't emotionally prepared to handle that at that age. Right. Right. Um, So, you know, uh, that that was a huge part of it. Um, And then as I kind of started distancing myself from the religion after I got married, um, I really leaned heavily into science, um, you know, uh, astronomy, um, theoretical physics. And I don't mean that in any sense of the word as if I understand much of it. It's just something that I was interested in at the time. And it really just kind of got me questioning um, in general, whether or not there is a creator. And so, uh, sorry, was your, was your uh, ex-husband also Jehovah Witness? He was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, And then around that time, after I had kind of started distancing myself from the religion, and it had been about five years since I participated in anything to do with being a Jehovah's Witness, um, I had learned some really, really horrific things um, that the religion was covering up, instances of child sexual abuse, which, of course, is becoming unfortunately more and more common um, with various organized religions. Um, And the Jehovah's Witnesses are certainly no exception. Um, you know, various policies that really bothered me, such as disfellowshipping, which is when you kick somebody out of their religion and you're not allowed to have any type of contact with that person whatsoever. You're supposed to treat them like they're dead, um, which is a situation that I'm in now. And just certain policies and, and things that I really just didn't morally at the core of me agree with. And so I made the, the very, you know, difficult decision um, to disassociate, which means to basically voluntarily leave. Right. So when you, so you were saying that, uh, like once you leave the Jehovah, the Jehovah witness church, then, you know, you're basically, you're dead to your family and, and everybody that knows you within the church. I can't imagine how that can be for somebody where all of a sudden your family just has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And you don't, you don't exist. Like how, how I can't imagine how difficult that road must be to take. It's very hard. Um, you know, I, I would never understate how difficult that is. Um, you know, my mom and I were very, very close, like talked on the phone every day type of close. Um, and then it, it stopped. And that's something that, you know, you don't, I don't think that you ever fully recover from, but it does get easier day by day. And I think that, something that's really, really great is there's actually a really thriving online community of ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's something that really, really helped me get through 
um, some of the darker times. And, you know, I would be worried to think about where I would be without having some type of a community. Right. Well, and, you know, as, as uh, I had, you know, from what you had, uh, when we were messaging earlier and you said you had listened to the last podcast and I had talked about, you know, my reasons for walking away from the Orthodox church and, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it's interesting because a lot, some of the things that you're mentioning, I mean, I know there are fundamental differences between, you know, Jehovah's Witness and, you know, Orthodoxy or Catholicism or anything like that. But it's interesting how the attitudes of the people within the churches are and how similar they actually are. You know, it's if you're not towing the line and doing what they tell you to do, you're basically nothing. Yeah. Conditional love. And that's something that took me a really long time to accept. Right. So since, you know, leaving the the Jehovah's Witness Church and, you know, going out on your own and discovering who you are and everything, um, how has that been on your journey for yourself? Because I know what my journey has been like since I left. And, you know, doing the same thing, looking at alternative forms of spirituality and stuff, and, you know, getting onto the path that I'm on now. Um, how, how, how was that for you? Um, slow. <laughs> you know, it, it didn't come easily. Um, there are a lot of things that you have to relearn about yourself when basically every decision that you've ever made up until that point has been made for you. Um, so, you know, when it comes to my own values and, and what I believe in and at the end of the day, what I stand up for, um, that was a really, really difficult journey. And, you know, therapy came with it. I recommend therapy for everybody, but especially for people leaving, um, any type of situation or, you know, abusive situation or, um, it really was integral to making sure that I was healing properly. Right. So, Worm, I'm going to put a question over to you and just kind of what you've been uh, hearing in the conversation so far. Did, does it have, does it, are there any questions that you wanted to ask? Hmm. Or is there any perspective that you have on this? I I know that I know with your journey, it's bit your journey is a little bit different because I mean, when I walked away from the Orthodox Church, you were a pretty small kid yet at that point. Yeah, for me personally, um I don't really see myself as either believing or non believing. But I have seen just what some of these uh organized religions religions sorry can do to a person um just the negative things that follow it and everything like that i'm i don't know if i would necessarily say i count myself lucky to not have been a part of it anything like that or um but i guess my question would be what it would be like to have to basically start a new life and not only not have family, but not have friends either. And to like, what ways would you have gone about trying to be able to find new people, if not online, maybe in person, just going places? 
what kinds of things were you trying to do? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's absolutely not easy um, starting from square one and really not having a footing on who your real friends are, you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky in that um, the person that had introduced me really to black metal um, had kind of introduced me to a core group of friends that I'm still very close with and have really just kind of expanded from there. Um, I work with some really wonderful people too and have made friends that way. Um, but, you know, I, I do try to stay pretty involved when it comes to the local metal scene and um, definitely have made the majority of my friends that way. And I'm, I'm very, very blessed to have them, honestly. You know, and that's a cool thing that I like about the metal community and, and communities like, like the metal community. It, people don't necessarily have to know who you are. But if they f- if they get that vibe that you're a kindred spirit, they will they will move mounds just to make sure that everything you need need to have taken care of is taken care of. For sure, yeah. It's um it's been a you know a chosen family, and they've been more blood to me than than my own blood. So, um, in that way, I consider myself very lucky. So you had mentioned before that you moved down to Mexico when you were 13. How many years did you live in Mexico for? Right up until I was 18. So it was a full five years. Okay. And what part of Mexico were you in? Um, I'd rather not give specifics, but it was uh, that's cool. um, very far south. It was probably about um, closer to Guatemala than the States. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It gives me an idea kind of what part of the country it is. So. Mm-hmm. So what was that like at 13 years old, moving to Mexico and basically you're there as a missionary? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my stepsister and I were put into homeschool. Um, So we did like a Canadian curriculum from Mexico online. Um, And I was able to graduate a few years early, which is wonderful. Um, but come graduation time, it was the expectation that I did preaching full time. <laughs> so right. um, I did that for about a year and a half until I moved back up to Canada um, after getting married. Right. So is the did the rest of your family stay in Mexico when you came back? Yeah, um, they stayed there for several years. Um, my parents only moved to Canada several years ago here. Um, so, yeah, they uh, they stayed down there for quite some time. Wow. So, um, I'm just <laughs> trying to find the words and on how to put this question. Nothing offends me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I, I know my personal feelings with my ex-in-laws and kind of what I went through with them and the experiences and really what ended up, you know, why I ended up leaving the religion and walking away from it. And this is, I'll put it to you this way. This is a question that gets asked to me at times. What would you do if somebody that you knew from that past life mm-hmm. crossed your path today, how would you react to them? And that does happen. Um, you know, I, it's a, it's a small world in the Jehovah's Witness community. And uh, even a few weeks ago, actually, I was walking around the SkyTrain station, um, which is like our local subway. 
and uh, walked right past somebody that was very good friends with my parents. And, uh, you know, we just kind of made eye contact and move along. Um, Most of them would know the situation that I'm in, which is that I chose to leave the religion, which is quite possibly the worst thing that you could consider doing. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, even worse than being kicked out, because at least, you know, that wasn't involuntary, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, so in their situation, they wouldn't choose to engage with me um, because that's what they're told to do. Um, you know, if a Jehovah's Witness were to knock on my door, and for some reason, that hasn't happened in all the years that I've been inactive or have been no longer a Jehovah's Witness, I've never ever had a Jehovah's Witness come to my door. I would love if they did. um, Because I would, you know, respectfully, um, let them know why I left the religion, you know, what my thoughts are, how they can leave too. Um, I have no ill will against people in the religion, if that's kind of what you're getting at. except for the people who, you know, still choose to not have me in my life, despite being my family, right? Um, well, but people, go ahead. Sorry, maybe I look at it more because more of a, from a little bit of a, and you're right, I'm maybe looking at it from more of a skewed point of view, because I know what my, in my personal life, in my personal situation, I knew, I know, I, you know, I'll never forget what I went through. And that's when people <laughs> ask me, what would I do if I ever, you know, if anybody from that part ever crossed my path, well, I said, well, probably I'd tell, I'd give them a piece of my mind and tell them what they did to me. And thanks a lot for all of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it, it, and for myself, I haven't come across that situation. I haven't had to come across that situation yet. I mean, there have been members that have reached out to me over social media, but I mean, it's easy to ignore, right? Right. So yeah. a face-to-face thing like what with what you've been going through, that's totally different. Yeah, you know, I think it's different, but I also think that how you feel is is very, very valid. Um, you know, I, there were certain situations in that I look back and I know that I was wronged growing up. I was disciplined for things that I shouldn't have been disciplined in, um, you know, when it comes to the church, that type of a thing. And you know, I do hold some resentment and there are a handful of people that I would probably speak my mind to if I had the opportunity. Um, right. but, you know, people, Jehovah's Witnesses in general, I guess you could say, um, all I feel is sorry for them that they're so deeply indoctrinated in something that they wholeheartedly believe in. Um, you know, being in a doomsday cult is serious business. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I feel for them and I, I wish that they had the opportunity to just live their lives the way that they want to. Um, it's been so freeing. And if there's any Jehovah's Witness that's listening to this by some chance, that would be the only thing that I would have to say. So for yourself, putting it in a mental health perspective, because that's one thing that uh, um, I talked about in the last show was this is it's this is a safe space to talk about things like that. How yeah. has it been for you personally and for the benefit of your mental health uh leaving you mean yes sorry yeah no of course um i mean just incomparable um there are of course difficult days and and in the beginning it was really really hard to deal with that separation and rebuilding who i am and uh but i look back at it and i I wouldn't change it for anything you know, um, I'm very, very grateful for where I am now and the independence that I have and the ability to make my own decisions and 
mm-hmm. you know, stand up for what I believe in and I wouldn't change it at all. Um, it's definitely been beneficial for me. And, um, you know, even though, like I said, it's been difficult and I have dealt with depression and, you know, anxiety and some, some things that were definitely amplified since having my support system taken from me. Um, right. You know, it, it still has been beyond worth it. The freedom of mind, the freedom of choice um, is priceless. You can't, can't exchange that for anything. Right. Okay. Well, that, you know, I appreciate you sharing that with, with, uh, with us. That's because of the situation that I went through, it gives me a better understanding and it also makes, it makes a person feel less alone when you talk to somebody that's gone through it themselves, you know, and they've left, left something like that and just said, okay, I'm going off on my own and I'm doing my own thing. I'm, I'm going out to find myself. So I, I, you know, I, I congratulate you and I applaud you that it's a, it's a big, brave step to take and, and it's not an easy one. So. Thank you. And likewise. Well, I think we're getting at the point here where we can take a break. And uh, so I'm going to ask Worm what kind of song he wants to hear on this uh, while we take a break here. Uh, well, given this uh, current oh. conversation, let's say Curse the Gods by Destruction. Hell yeah. All right. Sounds good. So here we are with destruction and curse the gods we'll see you in a few
All right, so we are back from our break, and you were just listening to Curse the Gods by Destruction. Uh, so we're going to get going with our third segment here. And uh, in this segment, we're going to play the Hot Take Cold Fish game. Come on down! You're the next contestant on the right! Now, for uh, Worm and for Wondrous, because, uh, you know, just to explain how the game works... Um, what I've got is I have six different items here. Now, it can be a metal band, it could be a song, it could be a movie, it could be a book. Uh, however, for this podcast, I have based the six items that I have here are all based on Canadian metal. So that's the key. This is all Canadian metal. Um, so hot take is when I ask you uh, the item, if you tell me hot take, it means you love it, you think it's great, you like it, and we're good to go. Cold fish means, well, you might as well go throw it in that burning dumpster that's going down the fucking river because it's not worth it anyway, so let's just burn it. <laughs> All right, so we will uh, start with worm. Item number one, Annihilator. Uh, okay, I... I'm going to have to say Cold Fish on this one, only because I just don't like the dude's voice. I'm going to be real. Like, um, I love thrash metal, but they're just one of those bands I just can't get into. Um, Alice in Hell is a good song. Uh, it's probably one of the only ones that I really like, to be honest. But yeah, Cold Fish. Hey, uh, Wondrous, your take on Annihilator. I'm so sad to say Cold Fish. I don't want to have to say cold fish, but I do. Um, I am very early in my discovery of thrash. Like I, you know, I understand the basics, um, but I haven't really delved into Annihilator enough to have like a very valid opinion. Um, I appreciate what they do. It's just, it's not necessarily for me yet. I'm open to having my mind changed. All right. For me, Annihilator, uh, Annihilator is a hot take, um, and they're one of the, they were one of the first Canadian thrash metal bands that I started listening to, um, so uh, I actually heard Annihilator, listened to Annihilator before I ever listened to anything by Voivod or Razor or, uh, or Sacrifice, so um like i say for me they're a hot take they've got good tunes out there i i really can get behind the music so yeah hot take on my end all right uh we'll skip past that one for now but from uh from my view from uh my view i'll tell you now that one for me is a hot take that was killer dwarves were one of the were one of the bigger canadian metal uh glam metal bands in the 80s and and uh, dirty weapons was actually was my favorite dwarf song so um now this next one i know everyone has heard this so item number three anvil song metal on metal two hoops worm oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll say hot take on the song but not the band I do really like the song. Um, I actually recently watched a documentary on uh, Vok and Open Air, and they, um, in that documentary, they performed that song, and it was 
it was really good. Like to be able to see them like technically play live and see like their drive and see their presence and that sort of thing. That's great. And that was a really good song. Um, good song choice to put into the documentary and everything like that. Um, the band in general, same thing. I just can't get into them completely. So metal on metal, good song, but the band, I don't know. All right. Wondrous. Yeah, I mean that that's probably like one of two Anvil songs that I know. I'm sorry. I hate saying that. Um, <laughs> oh, that's okay. But it fucks. It's great. <laughs> Hot take. All right. Um item number four, band, exciter, worm. Mm. I guess cold fish, just because I haven't listened too much. Um I've maybe only heard a couple songs, but once again, just not totally into the Canadian stuff quite yet, I guess. Um, I like only just started listening to Sacrifice as well. So like I'm not totally all knowing yet. <laughs> all right. Um, Wondrous, Exciter. Yeah, very hot take. Um, I get to see them in May. I'm quite excited. Um, so nice. Yeah, actually, along with Sacrifice and Razor and uh, local legends, which which is Hammer. Very exciting. Um, yeah, hot take for sure. Right on, and getting to see three of what is considered the Canadian Big Four of Thrash—that's right? cool. Oh. Yeah, and I don't like Razor either. Kill me now, but just not my favorite. That's okay. Um, it's okay. We'll forgive you. It's, You're still young yet. You'll learn. It's a big thing for me is vocals, honestly. And I mean, I've probably been saying this for as long as I've been into metal. And it's why I wasn't into like death metal or black metal at first. So vocals just do not, they're not as good for me. And I guess I just got to give these bands more of a chance, except for Voivod. They're weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be into Voivod is is a little more progressive, and you got to really have the uh, you have to have the flavor for wanting to listen to progressive. If you like Rush, your know, chances are you'll probably like Voivod. Mm-hmm. All right. Um... Well, let's put it out there. Item number five, Rush 2112. Wondrous. I'll start that. I'll start you on that one because you probably are more familiar with that than we're. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Rush. I'm I'm definitely a Rush fangirl. Um, have been for a long time. That that is one of the few, um, you know, heavier bands that I grew up listening to. Um, and uh, yeah, very hot take. Worm, Rush. Yeah, I guess Cold Fish, mostly because I'd probably only know the song if I heard it. The only song I can name by Rush is Tom Sawyer, but I think that's a song everybody can name. Um, Great song, though. Yeah. Yeah, but 2112 is Russia is a Rush album, so. Oh, okay, that explains <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um... Question number or point number six. Helix, the song Rock You. Worm. Mm, I guess I can't say I've heard it, so <laughs> I feel so bad for not knowing any of these. 
What do you mean you haven't heard it, dude? I play it all the time. Do you? I I wouldn't. <laughs> That's okay. We... I really okay. want to know. I'll let you go on that one. <laughs> I I'm only gonna You're disappoint left. because I also don't recall the song. All right. Uh okay, I'll let you guys go on that one. <laughs> I didn't think I made this that difficult. Wow. Bueller. Bueller. That was really Bueller. the, the that, that pretty much wraps up the Bueller. game anyway. That was the only points I had for uh, Hot Take Cold Fish. So thank you for playing. I, I, I'm i sorry I picked uh, points that you guys didn't have uh, much knowledge or, or barely any knowledge on. So that one's on me a little bit, and that, I'm, I'm going to put that in my mental filing cabinet. No, I think that's, Not to make that's this. probably on us as well, but, uh, you know, maybe a generational thing. <laughs> yeah, it's true enough. Um, like I said, I mean, I haven't gotten too much into the whole Canadian scene yet. Um, I only just saw, like, my first uh, local band concert, so I'm pretty fresh to the whole Canadian front, which is sad being a Canadian. So uh, you were talking about you just you just went to a local uh, band show. Tell us about that. Well, um, I saw four bands. Um, not all of them were necessarily local to the city, but they were local to at least the province. Um, of the bands I saw were uh, mostly all kind of uh, death metal, um, thrash influence. Um, some heavy metal influence, but the bands I saw were Nitaka, Display of Decay, Ravage Red, and Ashes of Yggdrasil. So it was awesome show. It was so neat to be so close to the band and really feel that energy. Um, I've never been like one to jump into the pit, but that was one of the first shows that I was like, maybe I will. Um, but I was too worried about ruining my vest that I just freshly sewn for that show. So, uh, how, when, uh, when did you go, when was this show? How long ago was this? Uh, maybe, when did I see it? Like a month ago ish, give or take, um, back in like November, I think. So, so for you in, you know, you said you're just doing, you know, basically coming into this on a fresh journey into, getting into Canadian metal and stuff now. So what have you, what have you noticed so far from your perspective of the bands you've discovered and, and kind of what you're seeing out there uh, when, as you're making these discoveries? The interesting thing that I've found is the production quality um, compared to some of the other bands that are a little bit more underground from other countries. Um, I guess maybe stuff that just isn't necessarily necessarily signed to any labels or anything. Um, it's kind of polarizing to the point where I, a lot of it I'm almost not into, but I find bands from other countries I'm more easily able to get into because for whatever reason, the production value of what I'm finding on like Spotify and whatever, it's just not up there and maybe not necessarily to my standards but that of course is going to be different for everyone um and i still appreciate the amount of work that i'm sure a lot of these bands have to go through to to even be able to produce a record a song even to have that time and get together you know 
for sure. Wondrous, what what is uh what has the journey been like for you? For me when it comes to what, sorry. Uh, you know, the Canadian metal scene and discovering new acts that are out there, um, you know, new bands to follow, um, you know, maybe a little bit of different flavors in music than what you traditionally listen to, things of that nature. So, yeah, I guess how, because I know you were mentioning that there was some of this stuff that that you're just getting into, like even with the thrash scene. So what have you found as you've been, as you've been delving into it and that discovery has been, has started for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been lucky to have friends who have introduced me to a lot um, of really, really great stuff. And I've just, like I said before, I have a bit of an obsessive personality. So I tend to go down rabbit holes once I'm introduced to something. <laughs> um, so that's great, been, great. You know, uh, definitely a huge part of my journey. Um, going to shows has been a huge part of my life as well. Um, obviously with COVID ravaging the world that has changed a lot, but I discovered a lot of bands that way. Um, you know, make sure that you go to the opening band um, because you never know what type of gems that you're going to find. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because I've been, you know, we've gone to concerts here and, and uh, you know, you're running whatever happens you're running late from work and you get home and but you rush you get changed because you got to get to the show and you don't want to miss anything but you miss 20 minutes of the opening act and when you get there the opening act is done and everybody's saying man these were these guys were awesome <laughs> you're like well fuck <laughs> yeah absolutely um i usually make a point you know, to make sure that i'm there for all of the bands not only to show support but uh um, and to get merch, of course, but also just to make sure that uh, I discover new new shit, and I often do. All right. So um, I think what we'll do, uh, we'll maybe cut down this segment a little bit because I know we've got uh, we've got some good good content coming up yet, and we've got quite a bit in the previous two segments. So we'll take another quick break here. Um, I'm going to throw on, since, uh, I have two guests here who have never heard the song Rock You by Helix, <laughs> so that's what we're gonna throw on for the next song. So, uh, sit back, relax, and, uh, listen to some Rock You coming from Canadian, uh, glam metal band Helix.
answer questions from the audience just yet. Sheldon. All right, so welcome back from our last break. You were just listening to Rock You by Helix, and uh, we're going to get into the last segment of the uh, podcast here. So we're going to uh, just have some general discussion now, and I'm first of all, the first question I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to put this to Wondrous. Um, you talked about your journey getting into black metal kind of as part of you know, part of what happened when you left the church before and all of that. Mm -hmm. What was the stuff about black metal that really drew you to it? Um, you know, I, at first it was definitely the very blatant Satanism. <laughs> um, like I said, it really kind of spoke to me um, and just the journey that I was on um, and, and the healing that I was going through. Um, but what I've really come to love about black metal is that it's not just about that. It's it's a form of art and there's so many different lyrical themes that it can take on. Um, but each of them are very sacred to that particular band. Um, and so, right. you know, I've, I've discovered a lot about myself from listening to various, you know, subgenres of black metal or, or lyrical themes of black metal rather that um, I maybe wouldn't have found myself listening to before. And um that has been very fulfilling in itself. So you had mentioned also that uh, you play guitar. So how, how how good of a black metal guitar virtuoso are you? I mean, there's not much to black metal guitar playing. <laughs> uh, it's all in the tone. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not a fantastic guitarist and I haven't played for a long time. I'm very, very out of practice. I just picked up the guitar to pick at it for the first time the other day in like several months um so it's not something that i do often um but it's something that mm -hmm. i'm hoping to get into more this year right on nice um so worm i know you got into black metal after and you were talking before about how you didn't originally when you heard black metal and when you listened to uh death metal you know you you made reference to the vocals and i and i know yeah, I remember you and I having talks about vocals and metal and gutturals and all of that. So um, besides, you know, the I know you mentioned the imagery was what first got you interested in it. But once you got past the imagery, what was it that kept your interest in black metal and, and genres like that? Ah, especially in black metal. Um it was kind of realizing that it wasn't always just about last beats and always just about, um, you know, that kind of trademark fuzzy sound and that, you know, the guttural vocals and whatever. Um, I realized that black metal in and of itself has its own subgenres. Um, and it was kind of finding those bands that, really preyed on that um like there's a band i listen to bewitched that is blackened thrash metal and you know dark thrones recently released new album which is probably quite far from traditional black metal it's a lot more doom like doom metal inspired with like traditional heavy metal sound to it um like hate cloak is been a song that i've been listening to on repeat for a long time now since it came out um it's so good it's just like 10 minutes of ecstasy honestly and it just 
it's really interesting um like like many other people i'm sure the first kind of bands that they get into are the basic ones like mayhem was one of the first i listened to i watched lords of chaos because i was ooh, it's a movie about a band that burnt down churches and people killed themselves and whatever and um that for whatever reason just sort of spoke to me about you know that the lyrics and the drive and everything else included with metal is just put almost 10 times more into black metal and um like wondrous mentioned that it's an art form honestly and that i started to associate art more with music the more that i got into black metal and just by proxy of black metal sounding the way it does it was an easy transition to find death metal bands that i was into as well so wondrous I know the I obviously from following you on Twitter and seeing some of the stuff the so you know seeing the music you post and um you know one of the bands that's really stuck out to me and it was uh I it was a recent post of yours was a band called Vastum mm, and I never listened I never listened to them before and you know you had posted one song and I listened to the one song and I was like holy shit, I got to listen to more of this. <laughs> so then I went in right away and I looked for the album and I listened to the whole album. I'm glad. And I sat here and I was like, fuck me, this is good. Yeah. You know, so this is the one thing about, you know, being in these types of communities. And again, going back to that point you made about the future and everything being, and the expansion of the, these communities, it really does lie online because, like I said, in the old days, there was no way I would have heard this unless I really had to put some work behind it to try and find a band like this. Right. Um, for the bands that you follow mostly, like, do you have certain, are you particular about the qualities that the band has to have, like musically, uh, lyrically, or anything like that? Or is it just when you listen to them, you get that vibe and you know, you know, instantly that you like it. How, how does that work for you? I mean, I, I will give almost anything a try. Um, there's certain styles of black metal that I've just kind of resolved myself to saying is not necessarily for me. Symphonic black metal, usually not for me. Um, but you know, there are exceptions to every rule. Um, and I've definitely come to like some symphonic black metal from time to time. So um, but in general, um, you know, I appreciate um, high pitch lead guitar, a very, um, you know, emotional, impactful, melodic folk sound as well. I really enjoy. Um, I love war metal as well, <laughs> in case that wasn't obvious enough. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't do easy listening necessarily, um, but I like something that uh, that challenges me. Right. And for you, Worm, what what is it? What types of things do you look for in particular now when when you want to listen to a band or listen to a song? Do you have those? Do you have that set kind of criteria? Well, like I mentioned before, vocals are a big thing. Um, I've started to become a lot more uh, relaxed with, I guess, that rule. Um, certain bands where I would find them before and I'd be like, man, this dude sounds like ass. And then I would come back to it a year later and it turns out to be my favorite band. 
Um, it's, it's things like that, but I tend to be more open to bands that are, I'd say a little bit more listenable. Um, I really do. That's part of why I like thrash metal. It's very, um, formulaic and like, it might be controversial to say, but I enjoy that formulaic, um, sort of design for each song each album because it makes it just easy listening um i will say that there have been bands that i do go out of my way to try and find something that's a little bit more aggressive different um i do find interest in finding you know different types of riffs and stuff and songs that will appeal to me more than uh ones that generally wouldn't um I'm not too big or worried about uh, like tone or anything like that. It's mostly just sort of that rhythm that gets me going. Um, I'll pretty much headbang to anything. I even catch myself like just bopping my head to like generic, like indie pop music and stuff like that and be like, wait a minute, this isn't metal. Stop. Um, but it's just, it's something that really gets me going and gets me moving. And I, really kind of immerse myself into that song um and it's you know i'll be like doing menial tasks like shoveling and i'll start pretending to play the shovel like a guitar because i just can't help myself sometimes well that's pretty good at least now i know that uh well you're supposed to be shoveling the sidewalk you're playing air guitar <laughs> outside so <laughs> <laughs> huh. so um bands that you guys listen to so let me put it this way uh wondrous what's your favorite band that uh that you listen to right now um that changes all the time um if if anybody knows me they know that my favorite band ever is wear a goat um but you know i have quite a few bands that i go back to and revisit their discography a lot um i love arcanum um bathory i'm really really into um, Metal Noir Québécois right now. Um, Gebera, De La Terre, Monarch, uh, Fortress, Um I, I've heard a few of those bands and they're good. Mm -hmm. They're really, really good. They're so good. I, I, it's, Metal Noir Québécois is, is definitely the more interesting scene in Canadian metal right now, in, in my opinion. Um, it's very nuanced, very... Uh, Radically political, <laughs> but, um, you know, exclusively in Quebecois French. And I think that uh, there's something really, really special about that, that culture within the subgenre that they're building. Right. Well, and the one thing that I liked, uh, that I liked especially about listening to a few of the bands from, you know, that, that are in that genre is they're very melodic. And mm -hmm. that's one thing that I, I, I'm also, I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of melodic black metal. I love melodic black metal. It just, it gives, I feel a sense of like calm when I'm listening to it. it as weird as it sounds. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I get it. Um, Worm, for you, who is the band, who is your go-to band right now or, or artist or musician that, uh, who's your favorite of all time or who's your favorite right now? Uh, I'd say my favorite right now, it's kind of hard to pick, but I always find myself going back to Cathedral. Um, they're actually the band I mentioned before where I couldn't stand the vocalist at first, and 
Then a year later, I tried them out again, and I was like, wow, I actually love this dude's voice. Um, Lee Dorian, he's an amazing vocalist. Um, I believe he was on uh, one of the first records for Napalm Death, even. So it was kind of interesting finding that out and realizing the range. Um, but yeah, Cathedral, they, they're just such an interesting band. They kind of border on that progressive, um, but they stick kind of more to a traditional heavy metal, very doom inspired, especially their, uh, first few albums. Um, I recently just picked up a record of theirs, uh, The Guessing Game, which is one of their more recent ones. Um, but I actually, uh, used a song inspired from that for one of my university projects um nice. but yeah like cathedral up there um suicidal angels is like one of my favorite thrash bands um i would say that them and evile are always like my go-tos um like evile all five records even their newest one they go so hard i just listen to them constantly um of course, like Megadeth, it's just sort of one of those guilty pleasures. They mean so much to me. Um, so if anything, those are the bands I'm going back to the most. So Cool. So who, who, uh, what band are you anticipating a new album or, or a new release that's coming out? Worm, I'll start with you with that one. <laughs> I guess I exposed myself, but obviously Megadeth. Um, their new uh, their new record is supposed to be coming out um this spring uh recently 11 seconds or something got uh of one of their new songs like a snippet of the song just got released through one of dave's like cameo videos and it sounds good it sounds very much like rust and peace and that's what i'm hoping for is this is what i'm we're gonna receive um rust and peace is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's one of the best thrash albums of all time. Uh, I think that's pretty well known in the metal community. Um, love Megadeth or hate them. You can't deny that Rust is just up there. So yeah, definitely Megadeth for me. Cool. Wondrous. Uh, what band or album are you anticipating that's going to be coming out? Uh, I I honestly think the only way that 2022 is going to be saved is if we get a King Diamond record. <laughs> nice, I, really, really I love agree King with King Diamond you. record. Um, from what I understand, it's been in the works for a while. So I think I think the world deserves it. Honestly, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. We need some new King Diamond out there. And I will go off a limb and I will say that if there's any band that I want to see come out with a new album. Uh, for or come out where or an album that is coming out, probably for me, it would be a band to, to come out with an album. I would like to see Immortal come out with another album. It's been a long time, and I think, or you know, a long time, especially not having a bath there. And I'd like to see a bath back there with and then release another one. That would be wonderful. Yes. All right. Well, I, uh, taking a look over here and the unfortunately we are coming to we're not coming to we're at the end of the show um we pretty much uh we've covered everything that uh we had uh listed down for each segment 
And um, first of all, I just I'd like to thank uh, both of you for being on here. Thank you for coming on, Worm, and it was great having you on. And I uh, hope you'll uh, be willing to come on and take part again one of these days. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And Wondrous, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, like I said, I've been I follow you on Twitter and uh, love the music that you post on there and. And I think you're one hell of a metalhead and, and, and proud to know you in this community. Thank you so much. Cheers. It's been a blast. All right. So with that, um, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to episode two of Count's Coffin Talk. I hope that everyone enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you come back often. And don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of Count's Coffin Talk. If you do have any comments or feedback, I do welcome comments and feedback. You can uh, reach me or and follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at CountXLGuy. That's count as traditional word count, X-L-E-X-C-E-L, -E -E and guy. Um, in the meantime, keep the peace, love, and respect, and above all, keep the shiny side up, folks. Bye for now. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.